Welcome to Moxon Sports. Glad you could join us for this December 27th, 2022 episode. We have a really fun episode here and a fun time putting this script together as we will go over where I think Georgia and Ohio State, the game will be won. This is not my preview. This is just where I think the game will be won. Wednesday, a big day for the SEC as we have two bowl games and conference play starts in basketball. I'll give you both my previews of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl and the Tax Act Texas Bowl. And then we'll preview open tonight in SEC basketball. But let's start, like I mentioned, where I think the key will be in this Ohio State-Georgia game in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Outside of normal things that win you football games, obviously things like stopping the run, affecting the pass, limiting penalties and tackling, C.J. Stroud will be the difference between this between Ohio State advancing to the college football playoff championship or people questioning if Ohio State should have, even been, should have been in even in the first place. He has to understand that first down is going to be huge in this game. He struggles to read the entire field and stays on his number one option too long at times when you go back and review the film. He also leaves a bunch of rushing yards on the table. And if he does and if he does if he does that in this game, I feel like Ryan Day is gonna have a miserable time reviewing this game the next day. And when I say he has a hard time um just taking off and picking up rushing yards. You can tell he doesn't feel real comfortable doing it. You go back and watch a lot of plays, they'll get some interior pressure. He'll escape, elude the pocket. And there's about five or six yards for them to pick up. Again, not a real explosive play, especially in today's time. People are more willing to give it up. But you have to take what the defense gives you, and that keeps you ahead of the stick so you're not getting in second and ten, um, third and eight. That's where teams like Georgia will feast Ohio State has to win on first down on both sides of the ball, but specifically on offense because I think that is their best weapon and that's where they can expose Georgia, especially in the secondary. But like I said, on the flip side of this, if I'm Georgia, interior pressure will be big. I know a lot of people are saying their edge guys need to come. But no, interior pressure for any quarterback will will be will cause a lot of disruption for the quarterback's timing. Uh, he likes to sit flat-footed. Again, he's not going to take off. He doesn't want to do that. He wants to make plays with his arms. He'll throw back across the field, which is a big no-no. That's dangerous. He'll do that. So if you went back and watched, there's a lot of plays where, I think even games against Penn State and Iowa, that if he's playing Georgia and those, those would have been picks. And most of the time, like in the NFL, you got to acquire the NFL is going to be 10 to 20% faster than most of these defenses you're playing in college. So that's why I'm not that high on C.J. Stroud from an NFL prospect. That's another conversation for another day. But just going back, pre trying to preview this game, get my mind right for this game. Again, this is not my preview. Just a little bit of a snippet where I think this game could be won for Ohio State. I honestly think Ohio State gives Georgia the – I think they give them the biggest matchup issues. I, I think Ohio State has some explosive playmakers on the outside. I think C.J. Stroud is very capable of um, – making plays downfield. I mean, we saw that. I mean, I know it was a long time ago. Still a Kirby Smart defense. Personnel has changed. Alabama was a bit heavier in 2014 with that personnel. Guys like Trey Dupree, stuff like that. But I do think this is Georgia's only chance to lose. I, I don't see them losing to TCU or Michigan. Um, I do think Ohio State gives them the best chance. But if I'm Georgia, I'm going to blitz in from the interior all day. I, I'm gonna, We're going to win on first down. And if I don't think things are going to change from his previous 12 games. I think that is who he is at some point. That is who you are. He does not like to go pick up uh, yards with this play. And you got to think someone in his corner is probably telling him, hey, don't risk getting hurt. I know – and I'm not saying the guy's not a gamer. He doesn't want to go win for Ohio State. But times have changed. I think kids are more willing to protect themselves, look out for number one. I think some of these coaches do too. But just an interesting take. Uh, this will be key in my opinion. 
can Ohio State win on first down, stay ahead of the chains? It's going to call it's going to be crazy, but I really think CJ Stroud's legs are going to be key in this game, this Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl on New Year's Eve night. If he can pick up and keep them ahead of the chains, like I've been saying, I think Ohio State's going to be in this game in the fourth quarter. I'm not willing to say yet if they're going to win, but I think they, that gives them the best shot. But if he's just dropping back, throwing it away, throwing it back across their field, there's going to be a lot of turnovers. There's going to be a lot of second and third and longs. It's not going to be good. But if, if I'm Ryan Day, I've had over a month since the Ohio State, since the Michigan debacle. I'm going to incorporate some runs with him, maybe even some design runs. Just keep an eye out on that when you're watching the uh, – Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl on New Year's Eve night. I think that'll be a real key to if Ohio State can advance to the national championship game and obviously, honestly, who wins this just overall. But just wanted to give you a few just kind of preview as you're getting your mind right. We're four days away. But just wanted a little kid uh, key tidbit. Was not planning on talking about this, but when I was doing my preview, I thought about this. And again, this is not a preview. I'm not saying who I think is going to win right now, but I think that'll be a key aspect, winning on first down on both sides of the ball, but specifically when Ohio State has the ball and the ball is in C.J. Stroud's hand. Is he willing and can he make plays? Not explosive 15 to 20 yard runs, but just the six to seven yards to keep them ahead of the chains make life a lot easier on second and third down. Like I said, we got two bowl games in the SEC tomorrow on uh, Thursday, the 28th. We got the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, Arkansas versus Kansas, a 4:30 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone kickoff on ESPN. Arkansas comes into their third straight bowl a bit disappointed after a six and six finish. Not trying to be negative, but Arkansas has won nothing at note essentially this year. They've lost every real major rivalry game between LSU, Texas A&M, and Missouri. Now injuries have had some. Something to do with this, the, la- the with the lack of success this season. Massive injuries to the defensive side of the ball. K.J. Jefferson being out a couple weeks contributed to the loss. They're coming into this game with only 48 scholarship players. Arkansas traveled to Memphis to this game. The Jayhawks finished the season 6-6 six and six, or in their first bowl game since 2008. They've lost three straight in the year, and all three losses were by double digits, and they lost six out of their last seven overall. Great job, though, by Lance Leipold and his Kansas staff to take Kansas their first bowl game since 2008. Uh, I do think depth is still an issue there where it's hard for them to sustain an entire season. You remember, they started off 5-0, and college game day hosted there for the TCU game. Great things are happening in Lawrence right now. Uh, but uh, Kansas, solid team. But it's, it wasn't bad considering the Big 12 is probably one of the more deeper conferences in the league. There wasn't any bad team in there. The worst team in the league was probably Iowa State. But there was really no bad team in there. That was usually Kansas, but this year it wasn't. But Arkansas needs this one. No one will care about their depth if they go look in the history books and see they finished six and seven in Sam Pittman's third year. Injuries, lack of depth, like I said, be damned. Sam Pittman's third season, people are going to be upset if you finish with a losing record. That can't happen. They really need this win. Where this game will be won? The line of scrimmage, like most football games. Look, Arkansas is missing a lot of players, but they still have four starters from the offensive line and every notable defensive lineman except Isaiah Nichols. Oh, and they also have their top three running backs, including Raheem Sanders still playing. I think the line of scrimmage game, especially for the Arkansas offense here, will be the difference. My prediction in this one, Arkansas 38-34. to Look, it would not shock me if Kansas won. It absolutely would not. They don't have many opt-outs. They have the motivation in this one. I actually went back and forth, to be honest with you, and thought to myself, don't let's not overcomplicate this, and let's go with the line of scrimmage advantage, and Arkansas has the better playmakers on offense. I trust Arkansas getting a few more stops, than I do the Kansas defense that finished last in the Big 12 and giving up 
33 points a game and 451 yards per game. Uh, I think Arkansas pulls away late in the fourth. Kansas fights back, makes a great finish. I think this one will come down an onside kick. I do think the Hogs escape. Betting line, Arkansas. Last time I saw it was lat plus three. Give me the. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the Razorbacks minus. Sorry, I'm looking at it right now. I just pulled up my. It's plus four right now. So I, I'm calling for the push. 38-34. I predicted that score without even really looking at the line. 38-34. Probably end up being a push. Um. Sorry, my, it's Kansas minus three. That's what I'm looking at. Make sure just so we. I'm gonna give everybody the correct information here. Draft. Let's see. Dude, let's go right here. All right. So right now we got. Yeah, it's down to Kansas plus two and a half at this moment right now. Kansas plus two and a half. Give me Arkansas. I think I think they'll end up winning this game. Uh, yeah, I just, I just like the line of scrimmage. I know they're missing Ricky Stromberg at center, but the four out of five offensive linemen, not missing a lot on the D-line. I know people are going to be like, well, what about Drew Sanders? Well, I consider him a linebacker. He is a loss, though. I'm with you there. But um, I do think Arkansas is just better. They should win this game. They're not trying to go play a full 12-game season with 48 scholarship players. They're just trying to go win a Liberty Zone, uh, Auto Zone Liberty Bowl against a Kansas team that's not very deep themselves. But, hey, it would not surprise me if Kansas won. I'm just going to give Arkansas the nod. And then, Wednesday night, the late kick is always in the Tax at Texas Bowl, Ole Miss versus Texas Tech, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone kickoff on ESPN. Ole Miss comes to this game 8-4 and four in the season, but having lost four of their last five after starting 7-0. What Ole Miss is going to show, what Ole Miss is going to show up, because I don't know what, sorry, I don't know what Ole Miss team is going to show up. But I do know Ole Miss is the overall better team if they decide to come play this game and play at full strength. Texas Tech comes in at 7-5 and in Joey McGuire's first season. They finished the year winning their last three against Kansas, Iowa State, and Oklahoma. This game is one of those total unknowns of the entire bowl season for me. Lane Kiffin kind of left Ole Miss fan base with a little bit of the sour taste and how he handled the whole Auburn interviewing process during the Egg Bowl week and even, even the Arkansas week where they just got totally dismantled in Fayetteville the week before. How fired up will this Rebel team be coming in? I don't know. Texas Tech has already had a successful season in Joey McGuire's first year. Do they want to continue the winning streak, or have they kind of had a month off, or they've kind of gotten fat and happy, and they're just kind of satisfied? Because I think even, like I said, if Texas Tech loses this game, no one in Lubbock is going to be, man, what a failure of a season. No, nah, they went 7-5. and five. They went 7-6. and six. Not much of a difference. Ole Miss needs this game more, in my opinion, than Texas Tech. But, um... I'll just flat out say this. Texas Tech comes out flat and not real interested. They'll get run out of the stadium with that Ole Miss rushing game. Um, where this game will be won, turnovers. With no real feel to this game, I, I'm, I'm going to go with something I, don't, I do know, and that's turnovers will lose you football games. Honestly, it's the most important factor to every football game. Both teams do not force a lot of turnovers, but Texas Tech does turn it over a lot more. Texas Tech has turned it over a total of 23 times this season, where Ole Miss has only turned it over 16 times and has rarely done it. I think three times all year they've had multiple turnovers in a game. So they're usually just turning over once, and that's that. Leading my prediction, again, a lot of unknowns. I'm going to go Ole Miss 42-28. to So it'll be a back-and-forth game, I think, for three quarters. A lot of scoring, a lot of offense. And then Ole Miss, I think, will take over. The Red Raider run defense, honestly, it is terrible by any means. They're not as bad as you're traditionally used to seeing them under like a Cliff Kingsbury-type offense-type uh, regime. But they're still 1-3. 
They're one in three on the season when teams run for 210 yards or more. I would be shocked if Ole Miss does not surpass the 210 yard rushing total. With a lot of unknowns, I do trust Ole Miss not to turn the ball over and the running game travels and they consistently produce. I like the Rebels pulling away by double digits in the fourth. The betting line right now is Ole Miss minus three and a half I'm looking at right now. I like the Rebs, like I said, to pull away with that, get the win. One of the more unknown games. I always think the Texas Bowl is interesting because it's it's always a mid-tier SEC team playing late in Houston, not a great bowl destination. Last year's was weird. Remember, it was the Kansas State game where LSU was playing a receiver at quarterback. It's one of those big opt-out games. I don't know why it is. It's just one of those mid-tier bowl games people just really cannot put their finger on with as many transfer portal opt-outs, early NFL draft picks, or early NFL draft entries. It's a real interesting uh, kind of dynamic in that one. But I do think Ole Miss is the overall better team. I love the Ole Miss running game. I think there'll be a lot of offense in this one. Rebs pull away in the fourth, though. But with that being said, we got a big one. We've talked about non-conference for about a month, month and a couple weeks now. It's opening night SEC basketball tomorrow, baby. Wednesday night, opening night. Leading off, talk about it, Tennessee at Ole Miss, 4 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone on the SEC Network. I think they pushed that game a little bit up in Oxford just because of the football game being four hours later, like we just talked about. Ole Miss coming off one of their worst losses in program history to North Alabama. They gave North Alabama their first Power 5 win, obviously their first win ever against an SEC team. I think Kermit Davis is on life support right now with his job. Um, I think the job's on life support on his last leg heading to conference play. I think they'd have to win 11, 12 games for them to have a chance to make the tournament. I don't see that. I think Tennessee's a really good defensive team. Again, that stuff travels. Ole Miss really is one threat from an offensive standpoint. That's Matthew Morrell, good player, could play for anyone. But that's really it for after seeing them live. Tennessee, I can see them being a little bit of a slow start, change of time. There won't be much of an environment at the pavilion. People will be watching the bowl game. People are disappointed at Ole Miss basketball right now. Won't be a real hostile environment. I could see Tennessee sleepwalking through the first half. Honestly, I trust Tennessee more in big games, like them going to Tucson and playing Arizona or playing Alabama or going to Auburn or going to Kentucky, going to Rupp Arena, stuff like that, than I do them going to pavilion, the pavilion and playing well. But uh, I do think Tennessee will ultimately get this win. Ole Miss is not a good team right now. Tennessee should win this game. Uh, I do like Tennessee in this one, but that's the first game of the Wednesday night lineup. Moving over to Auburn, we're going to Neville Arena, Florida at Auburn. 6 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone kick uh, tip-off on ESPN2. Auburn at Neville Arena, an obviously different team. It's been that way for the majority of the past five seasons. Best home court advantage in the league, in my opinion. Interesting storyline here is we had the classic mentor versus pupil matchup between Bruce Pearl and Todd Golden. Florida comes in at seven, a disappointing 7-5. and five. They struggle to defend the three, and Auburn shoots much better at home. Uh, they usually do. Now, the guard play will sit, sinks or swims Auburn. I don't really trust a lot of the guys like Zepp Jasper, Wendell Green, Katie Johnson. They'll lose them games as much as they win it. They haven't really won, the, won them a lot of games this year, but those guards play different at home. And like I said, this game's in Auburn. Uh, key here, can Auburn rebound well on the defensive side of the court? If they do, I think Auburn should get their first SEC win of the season. This game was at Gainesville. In Gainesville? Maybe think a little differently, but it'll be an interesting the Colin Castleton matchup down there with guys like Janai uh, Brown, stuff like that, uh, Cardwell. I'm interested in those matchups down low. Does uh, Treyor, John Treyor, get any action in this? So it'll be interesting. I like that matchup because I like Castleton, one of the better finesse guys in the league. Um, 
But I do think Auburn being at home is a massive advantage here. But I do like the interesting matchup. First SEC game for Todd Golden and his Gator squad going up against his former mentor and Bruce Pearl. Interesting. SEC probably did that on purpose. But uh, I do like the answer. That's an interesting matchup to me. Would not be shocked, though, if Florida would. Florida needs this one. 7-5. Again, I think they're going to have to go win 10 to 12 games to make the tournament. Rough start, non-conference play. Give Auburn the nod, though, at Neville Arena. Kentucky at Missouri. I think this is one of the more intriguing matchups of the night. Probably number one for me out of just pure curiosity. Just we got a lot of storylines here. 6 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone tip off on the SEC network. Missouri coming into this game as the team of the week after last week's big win in St. Louis over rival Illinois. Kentucky coming to this one with no real conference win to hang its hat on. I mean, there. I mean, Michigan and London. Was that? Was that? I mean, would that be it? I mean, they lost to Gonzaga, Michigan State. Uh, UCLA. They had a lot of opportunities. Scheduled tough, but probably that you, that Michigan game in London was probably it. They're also coming to conference play with no real offensive identity. People, myself included, have been waiting for them to come on, but maybe this is just the Kentucky Wildcat team this year. John Calipari, people are on him a little bit. This is not a game he wants to go lose in Columbia. Uh, but on the on the flip side, Missouri. Dennis Gates done a really good job in his first year so far at Missouri. Haven't played the toughest schedule. I mean, Kansas is the best team they played. They got run out of the, their own building. And they go to a neutral site in St. Louis, just a short drive. And I don't even know if it was a fluke win because they were up by 30-35 at one point against Illinois. It was a very impressive performance by Dennis Gates and his team. They've done a great job just getting quality shots and forcing teams to turn the ball over. I like Dennis Gates. You watch him on the sideline, his demeanor, very calm, cool, collected, not yelling at the refs, not like the, uh, yelling at his players. Looks looks real calculated. Looks like he always has a plan and kind of understand what, what's going on. Uh, they force seven more turnovers than the national average than Missouri Tigers do. So they play good up-in-your-face defense, force you to turn, all, turn the ball over. But the thing I'm excited about the most in this one, we're going to learn a lot about both teams. Uh, is, is this a game that Kentucky rides Oscar Sheboy? I do think Kentucky is going to shoot well and put up one of the better perform, better offensive performances of the season. Kentucky has shot it well from beyond the arc. I think guys like C.J. Frederick and, and Missouri – Sorry, I think C.J. Frederick's going to shoot well from beyond the arc. Missouri's had a hard time defending the three. I think that will be the ultimate ultimate difference, along with Kentucky dominating the rebounding advantage down there with Oscar Sheway. I think this is a game Kentucky has circled. I think the best thing that could have happened for Kentucky is Missouri being pretty good rolling into conference play with only one loss. Has their attention. They really need this one. Kentucky needs this one more than Missouri, obviously. Dennis Gates' first year kind of playing uh, house money. Kentucky and Cal need this one. I think they show up. I think they get the win. I think it's one of Kentucky's better performances of the year. Bold statement, I know, but I think I like them tomorrow night. Rolling down to Starkville, we got Alabama, Mississippi State, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone tip off on the SEC Network. The late matchup, two very contrasted styles, be going head to head at the hump on Wednesday night. Alabama likes to play with a high, very high tempos where Mississippi State likes to slow it down, likes really any offensive power, but plays good defense. I know Mississippi State is coming off a loss to Drake last week, but Chris Jans has done a great job in his first year so far at Startable. Only issue is just not a real lot of, like I said, offensive firepower. I think they have one guy averaging double figures, Tolu Smith. This would be a really big win for either team. Not only to start off 1-0, but Alabama could realistically roll into Fayetteville in two weeks, 3-0 in conference play if they win this. They get Mississippi State, like we're talking about on Wednesday. Ole Miss at home. 
uh, the next week, and then that Saturday, Kentucky comes to Tuscaloosa. And I think Alabama's better than Kentucky right now. Then that Tuesday, they go to Bud Walton Arena. It'll be an epic showdown. Uh, undefeated Alabama rolling in to uh, the Midwestern Basketball Palace. That would be it's a conversation for another day. But big win for Mississippi State, though. They go to Knoxville next. They don't If they lose this game, they're staring at 0-2 in conference right in the face, losing three straight. Um, would not be good for Mississippi State right now. This will also test how much of a step back Alabama has taken defensively since their best defender, Namari Burnett, has been sidelined with a wrist injury. He's out six to eight weeks. It's more like he should be back in five to seven weeks at this point because it happened against Houston. But Mississippi State's not a very good offensive team. So if they go out there and have success against Alabama from an offensive standpoint, it says a bit a lot about Alabama's defense that we thought would be improved. I don't think Mississippi State's going to do that, but it's just something to keep an eye on. I do think this game will come down to turnovers and second-chance points. Alabama Alabama should be able to score enough to get a big road win to start 1-0. Alabama's really good on offense. They got guys like Brandon Miller who can take over games. Went for 36 against Gonzaga uh, about a week, uh, the 17th in Birmingham. But I, I think you can contain Bama a little bit, but at some point they're going to get theirs, and Mississippi State is just too stagnant on offense. I think Alabama ultimately outscores them. The key will be watching Alabama on defense. I'm not saying even if they play great on defense, it's not a big telling point. The key is they can't go look really bad because Mississippi State is not great on offense. I do think Alabama gets the big road win, starts off 1-0 in conference play. And then finally, the last SEC matchup of that night are the Arkansas Razorbacks heading to Baton Rouge, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone on ESPN2. LSU and first-year coach Mac McMahon head into conference play 11-1, but they're about to get a rude awakening, in my opinion. The only real quality opponent they have faced, they lost to in a close game by three to Kansas State. A lot of question marks for a team that heads into conference play with only one loss. One question mark they do not have, though, is I do like the Murray State transfer. Big guy down low, K.J. Williams, been a force so far in non-conference play. I expect him to keep playing well in conference play. Arkansas comes in with some disappointment from an injury standpoint. Not only have they lost Trevon Brazil for the year, the Missouri transfer, but Nick Smith Jr., the Herald point guard, still projected to be a top five pick in the NBA draft this year. Nick Smith Jr. is out indefinitely as of this moment with some knee issues. How long he'll be out, I don't know. Eric Musselman gets a little defensive about it when reporters have asked, but he is out indefinitely. That leaves guys like Jordan Walsh and Anthony Black to take over. Other true freshmen, Jordan Walsh, to take over and get comfortable in his role for Trevon Brazil. I think he's done fine. I like him. I think he will be a really good player come middle of conference play. Anthony Black, big point guard, 6'6", 6'7", that can, long guy, can defend, forces turnovers, real distributors, kind of getting his feet wet from a scoring standpoint. Watched him in Maui. He, once he gets comfortable scoring, he knows he can score against certain opponents. The guy's not shy. I really like Anthony Black. He's going to have to continue to improve and take on a heavier load with Nick Smith Jr. being out. But specifically in this game, Arkansas is easily the better team. I think they hit LSU in the mouth on the road Saturday night um, on Saturday, on Wednesday night, and I think LSU kind of starts falling a little bit here as they get into conference play. I mean LSU stretch here a little bit. I mean hell, I'll pull it up here. LSU basketball schedule. It just they didn't really play a real tough schedule. I, I know it's an interesting deal. They didn't have a lot of guys on scholarship. One guy on scholarship after Matt McMahon took the job. So many guys entered the portal. But just looking at the stretch here, I mean, they open up with Arkansas, go to Kentucky, at AM, Florida, and Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee. I think Ken Palm right now, I was looking at it last night, had him projected losing every game. I think like winning two or three conference games. So interesting to say the least. 
it's not going to be Matt McMahon's fault this year. I mean, he had no scholarship players or one scholarship player when he took over the job. Brought a bunch of his Murray State guys over. It is what it is. I mean, they went 11-1. and Really couldn't ask for much of a better non-conference start. But I think conference play is going to be a little bit of a rude awakening for him. I've watched them a couple of times this year. At least I'll, I'll go back and watch all the replays. Just they have major issues. Struggle with some teams that are not going to be near as good as some of the competition they will face in conference play. But looking at some other games, I mean, even tonight we have a game. I should have talked about this one a little earlier. Not a conference game, but we had Northwestern State playing Texas A&M in College Station, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone on the SEC Network. The Demons come in 8-4. A&M should win this game. Uh, And then tomorrow the other non-SEC game would be uh, Ryder at Georgia on SEC Network Plus, ESPN Plus, the Broncos, or the Bronx, rolling 5-5, five and five, not a very good team. Mike White and his Bulldogs should get that win here. Uh, but that that's really our episode here for the 27th. I appreciate you joining us. We got a lot to invest. We got, listen guys, we got college football playoffs right on the horizon. We're four days out. We got two bowl games tomorrow like we talked about. The Liberty Bowl, the Arkansas Razorbacks playing Kansas. Then we got the Texas Bowl at night. The Ole Miss Rebels playing Texas Tech. And we start conference play, guys. Conference play is among us. The SEC probably not as strong as basketball as we thought. We thought it would be maybe seven to nine bid team league. Looking at probably five or six, but it is going to be exciting time. One of my ex- most excited times in sports. Best time of the year right now. we got a lot going on. Uh, but I appreciate you joining us. Keep following us on all social media platforms, on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Posting updates, previews all the time. I appreciate you taking the time. You have a great rest of your week and great new year. Keep following us on Mach 10 Sports for the best information on SEC sports.